You want to be present for the people that are there and safe from the knowledge that anything work-related can absolutely wait on Christmas Day to the following day or beyond, 100%. And anyone else that needs to contact me that isn't in that room can absolutely wait 24 hours for me to come back. For me, when I realized that, mate, it was... Yeah, it was it was massive. I was like, "Whoa, that's that's the best day for me." Yeah, that is really interesting. I would encourage people, where possible, to have more Christmas days during the year. Then, in that regard, a hundred percent. I mean, there's some learnings in there for sure, right? Welcome to the Mindful Paths podcast with Nick Day and Harry Kalimnios, where we explore the fascinating worlds of mindset, mindfulness, fitness, well-being, vitality, leadership, and personal development. Our goal is to provide you with the insights to help you live a more fulfilling, happier and healthier life. If you're striving to be a better parent, friend, leader, colleague or boss, or if you simply want to be more mindful and aware of the world around you, then this Mindful Past podcast is for you. We invite you all to eavesdrop on our conversations and we challenge you to discover a new insight to help you on your own journey towards personal growth and positive change. So sit back, relax and let's begin our journey together on the Mindful Paths podcast. Harry, and now that we've got the recording bit sorted out, how are you doing, buddy? How are you feeling? You're uh, in a different location today. Oh uh, yeah, I'm I'm in the house in Brighton. Um, so I haven't I've sort of moved, not quite. Um, I'm, I've moved a few things in and I've got to still haven't completed the paperwork, but I, I, I'm in for the time being, which is great. Um, and yeah, apologies couldn't make it last week, but you know what happened is my voice totally disappeared. And I think I came down with um, probably the new Chinese bug that's going around. Um, there is a lot going around, to be fair, at the moment. There, there's something that, that there's, there's yet another COVID that's emanated, I think, out of China, it seems. But um, um, so I think I probably caught that. And I was, I was out of it. Like last Tuesday, I think I finished my job at like 11 o'clock and by 11 30 I, I was home and i was in bed till about three in the afternoon um so i think i had a virus and i couldn't speak probably and that's hard when i'm speaking for a living so i really struggled monday tuesday wednesday thursday it sort of came back and then now it's back so we can talk we can do our chat which is great happy so. days yeah and we thought we thought we'd i should have bought my christmas hat but i think we're gonna get another episode in before christmas but we're gonna yeah. start with a bit of a christmas theme and talk about preparing for the the yeah. festivities right because the holiday holiday times are supposed to be a time of fun joy and all the other things but actually there's a lot of stress associated with the holidays in fact the american psychological association in prep for this had a little look at the stats on this yeah. because you see we'll talk about it and 38 percent of individuals report increased stress during the holiday period so it makes sense that we talk about it yeah i think so i think and also at the beginning of december because i thought you know, partly what prompted it is obviously I got ill last week and I was thinking, yeah, it's, it's kind of rare for me to get ill, but there are times of the year that you're going to be more susceptible. So there's lots of things going on with Christmas, like th- that's happening that we can talk about, for example, yeah, how we each manage that period. Cause it's different for you and me, because this is what I was thinking about, you know, with the stress is that I tend not to get massively, I don't have much going on. If I'm honest at Christmas, like I don't have like loads of office parties. So I don't belong to any yeah. office. Um, I don't have, I mean, I've got kids like as in terms of like nieces and stuff to buy things for, but it's not like a normal parent. Like, and I was thinking of this, I was contrasting between my family members. Like I've got one family member and she is all about like keeping up with the Joneses and doing the, 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 you know, the bigger, badder American type Christmas. And it, and it's a little bit too much about gifts and all this and, and and she tends to get massively stressed anyway as a person and she gets super stressed around christmas time uh, and everything and then other people who are who are a bit more mellow generally but they still get reasonably stressed at christmas because it's yeah you got to get the like cater for like 12 or 15 or 20 people how many people you come around you've got to get cakes and all that and i'm like i don't know i, I look at families and i'm just thinking my god this is supposed to be like you know, a joyful time yeah. and everyone's stressing. And so I thought it'd be useful to talk about that, but then also change of season, like, you know, people drink a bit more, you know, more likely to get ill. So I, I thought we could cover both like the health aspect. I think it all ties in sure. together. Anyway. Um, I think it does. So I, the, I think uh, also there's an element, uh, two other things I've mentioned is the, um, and it doesn't include me necessarily. It's the bit that I love about the festivities and Christmas for me, and obviously there's different religions of people out there, but a lot of people enjoy the holidays regardless. So this doesn't apply to me, but it does apply to others that I know and, and certainly my family or my extended family, which is some people just get anxious about the idea of spending that much time 
with their family. Like it's mm. out of people's comfort zone for some. Some people would, you know, have to come out of their routine. They don't always want to spend, I don't know, 48 hours with loads and loads of people. There are people yeah. that don't love that scenario well, either. So it's stressful for them. And it's, yeah. um, I, 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 can, I can definitely attest to that. I mean, like, I, I do know, like, from an intimate perspective, uh, there tends to be more divorces in January than any other time of year, from what I can remember from a divorce lawyer telling me once. But, um, but also, even like myself, I'm not in that that camp. But yeah, you're kind of forced. I was thinking about this. Like, sometimes you have these family dinners and family get-togethers, and there's there's usually someone in the family that you're not the biggest fan of, and vice versa, and and you're kind of dreading. Do you end up sitting next to that person or? How is it that you have to you engage with that person? I've got people in my family that it seems no matter what I talk about, and I, you know, like I talk about things that are interesting, things that we we talk about, and I I like to be not so conventional in my thinking as well. Like yeah. I don't necessarily buy into mainstream stories on things. Um, and I've got someone who will just I actually feel like I'm always wa- walking on on eggshells around that person. It's got to the point where I barely talk to them in terms of things because otherwise I'm going to have to have it so superficial and so like nondescript so that I don't like trigger something. I just said, of course there's also the dynamic where I've been through this and it's fine. You know, I get on brilliantly with my, my in-laws and my wife gets on brilliant with, with my parents, but for a lot of people, there's the anxiety as well of spending Christmas with the family that isn't your family, and for people yeah. in couples, like that, could, that's not always the we 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 build Christmas up to be this this such an amazing day, this event for not everybody, but those that celebrate Christmas. But certainly for some people that are in a partnership, they're so used to being in that in that, that environment where you're always with your parents, they're being someone else's family with their way of doing things, their time scales. Certainly in my perspective, which probably thank me for saying it, but it's it's the truth. When I go and stay with uh, my with my wife's family at Christmas time, and I you know I've missed Christmas dinner, but they Marjorie, my, my mother, runs a very tight ship on Christmas Day. That is the complete opposite to the way that my family do things. And I probably so I've gone into their household with my family's kind of way of doing things. And I'm I've gone out for a run on Christmas Day, dinner's ready at whatever time. I would have known because Margie would have told me. I got myself lost in the Welsh mountains. I literally went, I took a wrong turn. I say a wrong turn. My my father-in-law told me to take the first left. Turns out it was the second left he met. I didn't know that at the time. So I'm heading off into the Welsh mountains. We're talking 25, 30 kilometers in the wrong direction. And I, the Welsh mountains, like this is there is literally nothing around. There is, I am completely well and truly lost. I found a random house in the middle of nowhere, knock on the door, Christmas Day middle of Christmas meal time. And literally there were no houses anywhere. It's down this farm track. Now I just head in that direction. Like where the hell are you miles away? So I'm running along. Marjorie's obviously spitting feathers. Like where is Nick? What's happened to him? Christmas, everything is on clockwork. And I've thrown everything out. And she won't start Christmas meal until I'm found. Eventually they they send out a party to try and find me. And Mike's driving one way, I'm running the other. And eventually I find them and get back. Because in my household, it wouldn't have made much of a difference because we'll just have dinner when everyone turns up and it's all a bit like, whatever. but in that household, it's all on clockwork. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's different. And then the anxiety comes in both from Marjorie not wanting to be so, you know, so confined because she's aware that I'm used to something different and me not wanting to let her down. And it turns out that both of us don't quite, mm. it's just different. There's a just a different yeah. feel Someone else I guess this uh, is the thing uh, kind of talking to um, my mentees about earlier. We were talking about something different, totally different, like uh, benefits of silence and focus and distraction and things like that. But I, and, and, and one of them said, oh, you know, yeah, maybe I should try it the way you said, because, you know, maybe this is wrong the way I did it. I said, it's not like about right or wrong. It's about like being having more options and more options available to us and being able to be flexible and adaptable to a given situation rather than okay this is right this is wrong and so i guess it's the same thing here is that it's about okay your way isn't right and you know your mother-in-law's isn't wrong or vice versa it's just you have different ways of doing things and it's it's being aware enough that you can adapt in the situation to to kind of meet the the need that's there right whether that's from the host or anyone else um so that's interesting um but, but also, I, you talk about the, you talk about the divorce earlier and I, you know again my wife won't thank me for saying it either now but the stress levels have already started to increase so excitingly for us i'm a bit of a nightmare i always like invite everyone to everything 
I like the mind hosting, but I do what I say. I make all the invitations. Yeah. I'm like, hey, we're going to do Christmas. We already have, as you know, for New Year, right? What are you doing for New Year? Come on. But I make these invitations without always telling my wife. And then she's yeah. like, what are we doing? And I'm like, oh, well, I've invited 20 people around. And she's like, what the hell? Yeah. And then, of course, with I, I have this idea in my head that I will be fully involved in all of the prep work. It yeah. never turns out like that because my way of hosting is different to my wife's way of hosting. Yeah, exactly. uh, so she has mine's half hat. So I end up always being hosted by my wife and she ends up with all the stress. I don't mean it that way, but often turns out that way because the way she'd want to deliver a party is different to the way that I would deliver it. Right. And that's fine. But using that concept. So this year is the first year in years. We're not hosting Christmas. I mean, literally six years. I'm going to go and stay with my sister. So I would think, Hey, this is really easy. Right. No stress. And I've got to worry about the cooking, worry about the food. We've got, you know, we'll buy some bits to bring around. But thank you, sister. I know she listens to this and, and my brother-in-law, Biffy. You know, they're going to be hosting. Pressure's off. Amazing. And yet already this week, like my wife, she wants to make sure the house is pristine so that when we come back from Christmas celebration, we're coming back to a clean and tidy house. I get that. But I didn't realize just how much work that involved uh, for her, by the way, because she's been head head down in this thing. And Christmas decorations, I'm like, yeah, it's just turned December. We'll get them out whenever. She's like, well, I plan to do it now. So they need to be out on the first. So she's out. to, And then, of course, she's disappointed. And rightly so, holding my hands up. I should have probably done a little bit more here. But her timescales and mine are different. I'm just kind of like, well, we'll get them out as and when and we'll, we'll work it out. But I haven't. So I've kind of let her down a little bit. And she's, you know, waking up this morning. She's set the alarm early to be hoovering and get things ready. And it's kind of not in my headspace to be doing that stuff. I'm kind of, well, we're going somewhere else. So the stress levels are slowly, slowly, slowly starting to... That is interesting. And also because uh, obviously you've been with Lucy for like, what, 20-something years? 20 plus years, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know each other really well and you, you know that about her anyway, I, I guess, right? Even though you have different situations each Christmas, right, and you're not hosting this year. So I guess, you know, knowing that and that is likely to lead to a stressful situation for her... What is it that you can do to take that away from her, take that stress away from her? Because your your personality is, you know, ready, fire, aim. And right? that's the kind of where, whereas I'm like ready, aim, 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 aim. Yeah. Right. Um, and and she's probably not as she's not like ready, fire, aim, right? Like you are. She she right. she wants ready, 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 aim, aim, fire, sort of thing. So I guess the question is, right, how can you take that stress away from her in some way? Well, I'm, well I'm, this is me being frustrated. This is where the stress lies up. So she's stressed because I, had I known, and I should, this is 20 years, I should have known maybe, mm. but I would have been a little bit more proactive and done a few more of these things earlier in the process. And it's like, I wish, I said to her yesterday, I wish you'd come and told me and I would have come and helped. But she's like, well, I kind of, it's not like I want you to want to wash up thing, right? Mm. It's like no one ever wants to do it. But it's like I I I needed her to come and tell me, and I would have. That's from the, the break. She's like, I don't, isn't it? it is. Oh yeah, but she's like, well, I don't want to come and ask you. I want you just to come and do it. And it's like, well, I get it. So, you know, we're in different priorities and different things, right? So, but you know, there were things coming up. There were certain jobs as well in our own lane. So, outdoor decorations—that's kind of my thing. And I haven't done it yet, but I will. I'm not expecting she wouldn't get on and do that. She does the internal one, and I guess because it's always been like that, I haven't really thought about it. But she's like, it doesn't always have to be like that, Nick. By the way, like mm. it'd still be nice if you got involved in that bit as well. And she's absolutely right, because I love the Christmas spirit. Right? I'm all over it. But I'm all over the fun stuff of advent calendars and parties and music and songs as opposed to yeah. all the logistical bits of hoovering the carpet. That's the thing is that it's a bit like, you know, there's that popular iceberg analogy, right? Where you've seen it, like conscious. Yeah, yeah. you see the top bit and everything else is underneath. Yeah, and, and I think that's it. Like with, with parties and like loads of things, right? Like people... For example, like even my parents coming around yesterday, they're like, oh, you know, you're such a good host. And and I am quite a good host, right? And lots of people have mentioned this to me. I'm quite hospitable. And it's a Greek thing anyway to be hospitable. But people often don't see the amount of work that goes in behind the scenes to sure. get to that point, right? Whether it's prepping food items, knowing the menu, knowing, like strategizing so that you know that you can cook that kind of food while still entertained. There's a lot that goes on. And I think probably Lucy knows all that and you're probably more on the like top part of the iceberg where you're like oh let's just have a party we'll invite people we'll be fine but then well, she, I mean, you know me oh, right you've, been, you've been to our house for these things so you, yeah. you've known each other long enough I mean she'd call me the glory chef in the sense that Lucy will mm. do most of the cooking in the week but as soon yeah. as you have guests suddenly I'll get out and do it and it's like it, 
Yeah. Like, and I get it. I get it. I'm trying to be more yeah. aware. She does it 360 days a year and then you do five special occasions. Exactly. Then, right. I mean, it yeah. still takes a bit of the burden off, I'd argue, but no, it's about, it's about raising awareness. I've got to be more aware of how I am. And this is, uh, you know, this is part of being in a marriage and being a parent because yeah. a great example, and the people listening to this, I'm sure if their parents will know, I don't, I think there's no, I don't think there's an exception to the rule here. But when you go around to someone's house who's got kids and you always think, oh my God, why don't we keep our house as tidy as these guys do? But of course, when everyone comes to our house, our house looks the same. Mm, when you yeah. have guests, you end up, what people don't see is the blitzing that goes on before people come around of hiding things. Kids are just yeah. a nightmare. Or well, something our kids are. It's just everything goes everywhere very quick. Yeah. I mean, you know, why on earth, Leo, have you just brought down the, you know, your, your entire bedroom and deposit it in our living room mm. in the last 10 minutes? Like it would take you three hours to get rid of all that stuff. But ha- yeah. somehow... In, the, in us trying to prepare for these guests coming over, within 10 minutes, you've absolutely obliterated the place. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it drives you up the, up the wall. It's but- funny because I see that, like, I'm in this house, right? And every time I've come to this house, which is, my sister's lived here for about 12 years, right? So I'm buying her house, as you know, I think. And she's got two kids now. Um, but for most of that time, it was just one child. But every time I came here, and she, she, won't, she I don't think she listens to the podcast, but I've told her this to her face anyway, but she thinks she's quite organised and tidy, right? But obviously, I, you know me, I'm, I'm organised on another level, I think, from most Are you on a slightly higher scale? Yeah. Uh, and I've known her since she was born, and I know what her bedroom was like when she was a kid, and it was a total, like, pandemonium, clothes everywhere. So she's never been super tidy and organised, and she's really last minute... Their house was always like that. So she always gets offended when I say that. She goes, oh, no, it's messy right now. But I'm like, I've come here, like, on average five times a year for the last 10 years. I've been here at least 50 times. Probably 45 of those times it was what I would deem as, you know, a little bit messy. But it's different because when you're one per like, when I leave something somewhere, it stays there because I'm by myself. Right? I'm the only one that's going to possibly move it. When you've got three or four people living in a you know a three bedroom house or something like that, it's going to get crazy messy, and and so it's it's really different. And I can't really, I can't really. Uh, it, I still haven't found my oil ring. That's just gone. That has just disappeared. It's somewhere yeah. in my house. It, it exists. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there, there are other stresses as well, which are often overlooked. So I mean, I'm I'm, I'm experiencing this now. And I'm sure many are listening to this, right? So we're going into the holiday season. Most people book it as annual leave. But it means that not only are we trying to cram in last minute work-based activities where you're trying to get everything in, you know, want to close down so you're not working over the Christmas period. So everyone's panicking or, or, or phonetically trying to hit their targets or their deadlines or whatever it is they've got to do. In amongst all that, we're trying to fit in additional social activities because there'll be Christmas parties, there'll be Christmas drinks or, or you know, late night shopping events or carol singing events or kids, you know, um, what, what do you call them, um, nativity plays and, and God knows what else. It's really difficult. I mean, even today, I've had to. Um, I've, I had a I had a review to do this morning, and my wife was like, "But you've got Leo's carol service," and I've scheduled them both at the same time. I'm like, "Oh no, different diaries, bad management." So I'm like, "Well, I've got to move the review so that I can do the carol service." And these are things, you know. And now suddenly, I'm an hour behind for the rest of the day trying to catch up. Yeah. Now, of course, I could have managed that diary a bit better, but there are lots of these things that start getting put into people's diaries that that you feel to a certain degree sometimes obligated to do those things. And you've got to find time to do the Christmas shopping, which we know people find it uh, stressful, buy food, if you're hosting, yeah. all those things ready. And we've got to fit all these deadlines in and, 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 and potentially we're hosting people as well who come to your house a bit early. There's a lot of combined yeah. stress well, I think, that suddenly comes into what is supposed to be a very joyful time and is a very joyful time. Well, this is what I think people need to do is they need to not lose sight of the point of it all, right? Which is whatever point it is for that person. But generally speaking, it's about being together with people you care about and, and all that. It's not about the presence. It's not about the this, that, the other, which I think a lot of people lose sight of personally in my close circle sometimes. Um, but also I would say the stress, like the, the shopping is something that is interesting because years ago, probably like six years ago, maybe seven, eight years ago, I decided to take that stress out of my life, right? Because, and then the way I take have taken it out is I do almost a hundred percent of my shopping on Amazon, right? I'm not going to go out traipse into the shops and do that because I live in London. It's different from where you are, but London is just just 
too crowded, right? We, at Christmas time, the shops. I remember when we used to have to do this back before Amazon existed and places like that existed. Man, I, I love it. I just love it. Look, Busy, the noise. It's great. Here's what I was going to say. Smell. I love all no, of it. I get that. Everyone does. I, I get, get it. that. It's but it's different. It's di- Here's the difference. When you have to buy the presents versus when you, when you sure. um, have it as an option. So this is what I would suggest to people. And my mum, like, she's one of these people that gets stressed with all this because she refuses to go online and buy things because, you know, she doesn't trust the internet still, right? Um, so I often buy it on Amazon for her. But she likes to go. She goes, oh, no, but I want to go to the shops. But, I like, she gets stressed with it. So what I say is, like, buy 90 95% of your presents on Amazon. And this is why I've got Amazon Prime because I'm always a bit last minute and I'm waiting till the 23rd of December to order my gifts. And I just get them, you know, often just sent straight to where I'm going to be Christmas and then just take the wrapping paper and wrap them that morning or whatever. Um, but buy my, I buy all the presents I have to buy online. And then I will go to the shops and do that walking around. And if you get something, you get something. If you don't, you don't. Uh, but the stress is gone. because you really- I, Let me add some stress to, to your life in my in my world or my family. Anyway, we, we, uh, we were brought up to say that it's not about the, the, the gift, the price. No, that doesn't really matter. Yeah. But it is about the gift, not about the price or, or, or anything like that. It's always about the thought. So we don't do, we've never done vouchers, never done cash, never done anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. We never we never ask for what we want. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't always work out. But the idea being that no matter what I get from my mum and dad, or you know, we're adults now, but even growing up, or, or for anyone else, we very rarely tell each other what we want unless it's really important because we want we like to try and show the thought behind the gift, which is yeah. much more important. Now, in theory, this is a wonderful thing and something I'm fully bought into and I still I still follow. However, it does add stress to the process because when you really don't know what to get someone and you're trying to show thought, you can really get hit with that like um, writer's block or present block, yeah. I guess I call it. Like, what yeah. on earth do I get that this individual doesn't have that shows I've really thought about them and done all this XXX and then yeah. you really are going, wow, this is... Uh, this is where places like not just uh, Amazon are good, but places like Etsy can be a like lifesaver for personalization. Yeah, and, Etsy and, and also like, um, what was the one called? Something like gadgetsformen.com or whatever, one of those kind of like, you know. Men's kind, uh, things like that. Yeah, I mean, I actually agree with that, right, as a principle. Um, I still do, I do often try and make it easy for people that I, I'll put an Amazon list together because I'm difficult to buy for because I'm particular with the things I want. I do a lot of research, blah, blah, blah. But I agree that you shouldn't actually have Christmas lists because the idea being it should be the thought, but also I like to hope that the person knows you well enough to get something that yeah. they really wanted, but they didn't know they wanted it. Now, if you've got to buy 50 presents and you're buying for like your cousin's kids and all this, why, you know, it, that's just that's out the window really. But like, if it's like your parents or your sister, or your brother or your kids, I think it should be like that. And we're doing Secret Santa this year, like we did, I think, the last couple of years. So when, because I, I always get stung anyway, because I'm buying as a single person, like for everybody. And then, yeah, <laughs> it's a nightmare. So I think, I, doing, I think if you're a parent, you get stung automatically. Yeah, you get I stung. Guess as well. But I'm buying, I'm buying for all the nieces, I'm buying for all the individuals. But now I'm just doing Secret Santa. So we're just buying for one person. I think we've got like a, a budget. But I think last year, I won't share who, who got it for me and that, but the present, it's not something that if you knew me that you would probably buy it. Like it was a, it was a plant, right? I've got no use for plants. Right? It's, it's, it, it was really impractical because it was stored. You're in like my, the worst person to get. It, it was happen. stored in my parents' oh my house God. for like two or three weeks without being watered or anything like that. Right? So by the time it came to me, it was basically dead anyway. And I this, can understand the thought of getting you a plant. Though. You're all about it, life and sustenance. Well, this is one of the I can understand I've, the thought process. This is one of the plants I've tried the banana thing with. I need to do it more. Uh, the banana, yeah, okay. the banana Bring it back thing. to life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just thought, like, most of my plants tend to die because I don't keep keep them good. And I have a fake plant, which actually has done very well over the years because it doesn't need any Um, But I just thought... I don't know. It's just like well, let, let me give you a top tip. Is anyone listening to this? This has been and I get in lots of trouble with my mum if I forget to do this. And I say this because I have forgotten to do it in the past. But and it wasn't set up in the background, I just picked it up. So I got nothing to do with Christmas, but a friend of mine, uh, Ed and Helen, sent me a book to oh, the post. Right. Hmm. And, oh yeah, Ed and Helen, of course you do. No, Ed, because they've been in the cycle tours with us. But completely random, completely out of the blue, which is the most the best gift. So when something just arrives you're not expecting it. It's, oh, yeah. and it's a thoughtful gift. So I sent me this book. It's called Coffee First, Then the World, One Woman's Record-Breaking Pedal Around the Planet. 
And it speaks to me on many levels, right? The cycling, the traveling, coffee. I mean, everything in that title is like completely me. They know the author, um, yeah. which helps them. So they met the author, got the book, sent me a copy, like a wonderful gift. For me, that's all the thought things in there. And I, I, I loved it. And it wasn't for my birthday. It was just a lovely thing to have. So I think there's a book for everyone. If you're struggling with thought, there's yeah. always a book for someone you can use. Yeah. It. But top tip, if you want to make really personalize it, my mum would tell me off here. So that if you are listening to Ed and Helen, I'm not criticizing you. But my mum would. The book is amazing. If you ever give a book, though, she'll always say, write inside it and personalize the inside thing, yeah. the date, yeah. the thing. So she, I've got loads of books for my mum. And every single one is written on the inside. Hey, Nick, this is for thought of this for them. And sign. That's the bit where you take all the value out of the book if you want to resell it. But well, yeah, um, that's it. That's it really personalizes the inside sleep. I'm I'm kind of 50-50 with that because on the one hand, you you want to show that there was thought involved and blah blah blah. But on the second hand, if they don't like it, then they can't give it away. <laughs> Unless what I've started to do though is I make sure it's on a page where they can tear that page out, hopefully, and give it and give it to someone no, else. No. So let's talk about some of the coping mechanisms then. I mean, one thing I think comes to mind here, something we talked about before, which is the stoic philosophy, right? Of control what you can. It says you're in the Christmas. Concentrate on what's important. So uh, control what you can, cope with what you can't, and concentrate on what's important. So I think there are certain controls we can put into play here to help us deal with what is a very stress-free period. And one thing that I use, I've got on my desk here, I've used it every year. I've never really thought about it in context of until today's conversation but i naturally have done this so obviously do subconsciously think about it but it hasn't been proactive is i use the eisenhower matrix and the mm. eisenhower matrix for those not familiar is a is a productivity tool really a, a to-do list tool which kind of links things into what's important what's urgent what can be deleted yeah. and what can be used now eisenhower was those obviously the words american president i don't know which one you might know because but with the history but his quote was i have two kinds of problems the urgent and the important the urgent are not important and the important are never urgent. But the idea is, and there's loads of things on Google, you can Google this, but Google Eisenhower Matrix essentially allows you to put all of the important tasks. So the things you have to do before a certain date. So if you are Christmas shopping or there are Amazon deadlines, you put them in one particular box. The things that can absolutely be deleted because you think you've got to do them, but actually when you analyze it, you don't. And the things that can wait till the new year. And sometimes as a visual tool, I would say that can be a really, for those still in their working environment, trying to prepare the, their work, their family, their hosting, their present buying, and all the other bits that go in between, there's probably no better time to be utilizing that kind of tool. Yeah. What are the kind uh, of things that you use to, to, to help I mean, people stress? Honestly, I think I don't get massively stressed at Christmas because I don't have the same, I don't feel like I've got the same stresses. Like, because I'm a bit like you with, say, the decorations. I'm like, oh, I'll get to that when I get to it, right? But I haven't got anyone badgering me for it one way or the other. So those stresses don't happen for me, I would say. Um, the stresses that I tend to find at Christmas are more the interaction ones that we were talking about, I think, where you're with people that maybe you've avoided most of the year for one reason. Yeah, the social awkwardness and, bit. And I'm, I struggle with staying quiet sometimes like and i and sometimes i can seek a spirit of debate and so what i've tried to do and and it and it kind of goes against my values as well is like is bite the time by my tongue and again it goes back to that concentrate what's important okay is it important for me to prove this person wrong and have my point put across or actually what's the most important thing here? well the most important thing is that my mum and dad are feeling happy and that nothing is like stressing them out because I'm arguing with someone at, at dinner. Right. Um, so I think that's what I do, but I do struggle and I don't sometimes enjoy it because I feel like I can't be my free self. I want to just be able to relax and like have, you know, those good times, like, you know, playing the, the card games and the charades and, and actually a lot of the time, this is the other thing I tend not to do much of um, because that it will lead to the problems is I don't drink very often at Christmas. Um, I have a glass of champagne because I like the champagne. Often I don't take wine because I don't drink the wine. Although, interestingly enough, we're doing Christmas here and I found a natural wine store around the corner from my sister's house. So I'm going to go buy some natural wine and actually enjoy Christmas. But usually I don't drink because when I drink, loose lips. And so that's one of the things. Let me ask you a question. And whether this relates to you or certainly if it doesn't relate to you, it may relate to others that listen. 
there's a if you think of the law of attraction being reverse, right? So the idea that when we focus on what we don't want is also what comes to us. So the idea that you're you're probably going to Christmas fully focused on really wanting to avoid this particular individual that just doubt sours it for you, and ultimately you, you then therefore you probably naturally end up typical mm. sat next to them or with them is the yeah. the idea of what we focus on something too much, even if it's a negative <laughs> thing. Yeah, you end you, up with that thing. Can you? Is there anything you can do to to or for others listening who are in similar situations? What can we recommend to improve the situation? Because there's a certain person that comes to mind when we think about this stuff, and that's uh, the old uh, well, someone that I love in a book that changed the way I viewed the world, which is Dale Carnegie's How to mm. Win Friends and Influence People. The ideal being that actually, if there is someone you really don't get on with, what you should do is start with that individual first. Talk to them, let them, or say to them, listen to them, get them, get them all their stuff out, go make conversation, let them say everything they've got to say. So they've exhausted themselves. You've got to listen, you've got to bite your lip and tongue or whatever, and just, just let it all out. But then they're done. And then you kind of, you feel like, okay, that bit's over. I can, you might find something in there interesting. You may not, but if you do, they will instantly like you a little bit more because they'll feel properly listened to because you've sat there and listened to everything they've got to say, whether you like it or not. That should hopefully ease a little bit of tension regardless. But also, probably nothing else left to say if you've got nothing else in common. So for the rest of the holidays, you can kind of crack on with what you want to do. Um, I don't yeah. know. I think Dale Carnegie's I rate and I love that book. It's one of my favorite books and most recommended. Um, one of the things that came to mind just now when you asked me that, um, I, I did this spiritual kind of course thing a decade or more ago. And I don't, I mean, it, uh, basically I went, it wasn't a course, but I went to this, I actually ended up driving all the way to Birmingham for an afternoon to see this spiritual leader who apparently even just in his presence, like made changes. I didn't really feel any of that, but it was a whole process. I can't remember what it's called, but, and I had lots of documentation and I actually did a lot of uh, the work. In fact, I remember, I think in an earlier conversation, we were talking about what we were thinking about when we cycle. And I was saying, I, I think I was saying, asking you what you think about. And you're thinking, oh, I'm just thinking about the, the next data. Point yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was saying, I come up with like a phrase. But one of the phrases I used to come up with came from from that, which is, I am pure soul. And so I remember there were lots of lots of different learnings I was getting. But one of them is um, when you meet someone or when you're going to go into an interaction with that difficult person that you already know, this guy called uh, files that uh, that we have all these files in us, and essentially what it is 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 to kind of run through those files beforehand. So, just I guess the simplest way I could say it would be to almost visualize how you want that interaction to go or the potential pitfalls. And this is actually something I do is I I think back to sometimes previous altercations I might have had with an individual what triggered that like because it could be something so benign and so small that triggered it and usually is in that case and i try to play out if something similar were to happen how would i deal with that and also asking myself what's important to the situation in this moment is it that i'm right or is it that i let that person like you say run out of steam and have their little way and so i guess it's it's going in with a, it's kind of like going in with a game plan. It's like going. I mean, in you with, have to bite your tongue, though, don't you? With a because it's not about you being right, which is the whole Carnegie yeah. piece. Even if yeah. you know that you are, and obviously he gives a great illustration of this with the Bible yeah. story, yeah. In, 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 which is well worth. I think we talked about on the show before. Uh, he doesn't correct someone who he knows is incorrect because yeah. in order to correct them, it would have shown them up at the table. And who was that going to serve? No one. It just would have damaged, yeah. dampened the atmosphere of the whole party. And I think there's something, you know, I've definitely fallen foul of this sometimes. I hear something I know is wrong and I'll deliberately challenge it because I want it to be right. And I realize in challenging it, actually it's serving no one but, yeah. but me. And it, it doesn't ever look good to try and prove you're right. So in that instance, I still think you, you, the way you continued that statement just a moment ago is, or do I just let them talk it out? And I think that's probably what you do. Just, mm. just let them out, listen. They'll they'll thank you for it. They'll see yeah. you differently because they'll feel listened to, whether of course you have or not is another matter, but they'll feel like you have. Yeah. And uh, you might just find it changes the dynamic. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think... It doesn't involve willpower, though. <laughs> I mean, it does involve a lot of willpower, but also a lot of cognitive awareness in the moment. And this is what I'm saying, yeah. why I don't tend to drink, because that drinking depletes that. 
and you does, I agree. awareness. Uh, but actually, speaking of drinking, I think it might also be useful. I remember years ago, I wrote a blog post about how to survive the holidays. And this is also what prompted me suggesting this as a conversation today, because I don't have lots of Christmas parties and, and, and stuff going on, but people will, right? You probably have uh, a team party, an office party, uh, uh, some social things. And when you have a lot of these parties, right, there's a lot of stress because of the buying the presents, a lot of stress because of the doing the decorations. Then you've got stress from lack of sleep. And then when you have these parties, you don't eat as well. And so that's why we're going to get more susceptible to being ill, change of weather, all of that. I guess the question is, and I'll, I'll, I'll give some of my tips, but how would you suggest to someone how they might navigate to stay as healthy as possible over this next period of time? And granted, we need to manage our stress, but let's say on the practicalities, right? You, you, you've got a party on the month or Tuesday with your team, and then you've got another one on the Thursday with you know, the, the, the wider company, right? What do, what do people do, do you think? Uh, do you know what? I think this this isn't a million miles away from the to-do list thing we were talking about earlier, although it's in a different context. It's the idea of Darwise do, delegate, delete, right? So for a lot of people, they're already planning, like they've had like stop October or they're not going to drink in January or dry January, whatever it is they're going to do. So I think if you pick, start with the Darwise piece, I think it's okay if you're not a big drinker, but you're going to let yourself you got to let yourself a little bit of a rope, I think, and let yourself off a little bit over Christmas where you're allowed to eat a bit more, be merry more than you would be if that's the way you want to be. Because it's one time of the year where I feel like it's okay. And some people need that recovery. We talk about recovery a lot. We're so head down and focused all the time. I'm not saying that's a different kind of recovery. I know you'll probably challenge me on that. But I think there's a, there's a, there's a social recovery here where you just get family time. And that sometimes that does involve joining in with the with, with the merriment of, the, of of drink and food, if that's the way you want to follow it. If that's the case, that's okay. Put it in your diary, the days that you want to drink and eat and, and let you give yourself those um, off days, if you like. And then diarize again when you're back on it again. If you want to recover, focus that in January. Have a fresh start in January, new year, new start. I think that links then to do. So if you do the things that you want to do, and that's not just limited to, to um, alcohol and, and food, but I think also... You know, what are the things you need to do before Christmas you need to get done that are really important, like Christmas shopping, the prioritizing, the food, the alcohol you need to get in, all the things that set you up. Now, you and I know if you are worried about overeating and and, and breaking up all the plans and good work you've done in, in terms of getting yourself health, health, healthy and fit, don't buy things that are, that are going to be temptations post-Christmas. So mm. buy the things you want to deliver on a great Christmas meal. That's fantastic. But it doesn't mean you need to buy four chocolate logs, seven Christmas puddings, and, and all the things that go with it that you know we all overconsume anyway, but we also overbuy. Loads and loads of wastage. I think we still got a Christmas pudding from last year, several of them in storage, you know, in our cupboards, because we just don't end up eating them. So I think you, you can plan ahead and, you know, do the things you want to do, but be disciplined with it and make sure you know when you're going to do them. I think there's some delegation in here. So if I use my wife's example earlier, we've got to delegate a little bit more to the kids. She's got to delegate more to me. I think there's a conversation. If you're at work, you've got to delegate tasks out if you need cover. If you are going out on Christmas parties, there's loads of opportunities there to delegate responsibilities for making sure people get home safe, that you've got you know partners that can support you if you're all the different things that are there. So I think delegation, you no, know, sit down, look at the things that are causing you stress in your in the upcoming events that, that whether it's a Christmas party or, or hosting Christmas or whatever, and try and work out what you can delegate. You and I have talked a lot when we talk about goals that we have and finding purpose and all these things, it's never about the how it's always about the who. So who can help you to achieve the outcomes that you want? Now, let's say for example, it's, it's you, Harry, and you say, I'm going to this party. Now you've got strong willpower, right? But let's say it's someone who's not as strong for the first time. They said they want to have a dry Christmas. So the first thing I would say is don't do that alone. If it's your first time, who can help you on that journey? Who can you say to who's going to be at that event, look, I really don't want to drink this Christmas. I really don't want to overeat this Christmas. I really don't want to do X, Y, and Z. Who can help and support you in that process that's going to be there on Christmas Day? You might say to your mum, you know what, mum? I really don't want to. I'm letting you know in advance. I wonder as well if anyone else starts pushing it. You can just say, actually, you know, just support me in, in making sure that, that, that I can commit to that. So I think there's a huge delegation piece there and support. And then deletes the last bit, like get rid of all the distractions, get rid of all the unnecessary bits. If you've got, you mentioned earlier, people have got a work party, Christmas party and everything else. Which one's important? Which one do you need to be at? Which are the events you don't need to be at? You know, do you need to be turning the Christmas lights on the three different towns and three different dates before Christmas? Do you need to, I know there's loads of things in there. There are so many things that, for example, wrapping presents, 
um, something that I dropped last year was adding bows and ribbons to every single gift. Because no, I've never done hours. that. I don't, uh, even, look, I don't even It looks pretty, anymore. but actually, you know what? It's just so time consuming. So I've deleted that from my from my list of things to do now. And actually, I, you can get people now, but just wrap things up in in. Uh, I love it. I've, I've probably been around for years. I've discovered these recyclable wrapping, which is a canvas wrapping. You just wrap it up, tie it up at the top. There's no folding or anything like that. Oh, and it's yeah. the following year, genius. But I think there are things like you can delete from what you usually do to save you time, give you more time, you know, yes. delete the tasks that you don't need to do over the Christmas period because you want to spend time with your family. So there you go. So I say, Darwise, do, delegate, delete. And if you get those four things working and you really know what you want to focus on, I think it'll help you commit to the tasks that you want to achieve over Christmas period. Yeah. Well, I, I actually don't do any major wrapping. I don't even use wrapping paper. I use uh, I use my old flip chart paper and just wrap it around <laughs> that. Um, but That's why I can imagine you wrapping things up in toilet well, There's a lot of reasons why I, did, I never liked that and the cars. It's just like, I think more paper wastage and like, like all of that from a waste perspective and not just from a, an effort perspective, because actually... Yeah, if you do buy a nice present, and it is, and as Steve Jobs knew, it's all about presentation, right? Things are about the presentation, and it's like, it's the anticipation of the thing is usually more than is. the thing. Of course it is. Um, and, and actually, there's been tests that show there's more euphoria in the in the anticipation. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of get it, and I feel like I'm shortchanging people to some degree, but also I'm thinking about my own stress levels. Like you, you discovered, right, putting the bows on and doing the things just takes up more stress, but... What I want to say is I've got a few tips here that from um, from the blog post I wrote, gosh, God knows when it was, December 2015. But I think these are actually practical steps that I think people can take in addition to the ones you've talked okay. about. Um, so number one, and I'm always banging on about this, uh, drink more water. Okay, like it's so important on so many levels, but especially at this time of year because you are drinking a lot more alcohol. And so you're de- you're going to be more dehydrated in the mornings when you when you do that. So that would be drink more uh, drink more water. Number two, uh, fast days, as in like introduce days of eating lightly, or like soups or you know something like that, just to give your body time to recover from some of the excesses that you might be having. Um, then I've said on the parties drink water in between your drinks that you drink and if you're doing rounds uh when it's your time to buy a round you know buy a round for everyone else but for yourself just get the water on that round or something like that and and that's something i used to do a lot um and it really helps um sleep more because that's the best way to recover so sleep when you can like especially in winter because you need more sleep we need to hibernate one that is probably not on most people's list uh, number five um, which I've been having every day anyway for probably about 12 years is grapefruit seed extract. So it's kind of like a concentrated nutrient form that I put into. I had a lot of it last week just in water, but normally I put it to my juices every day. But usually if you have enough of that, you, you tend to manage the colds a lot easier if you do indeed get a cold. The other one, which is probably one for you, um, and number six is lighter exercise because the body at the moment you know, it's suffer. It's it's got a lot of things going on in terms of the stress. Yeah. Of Christmas, the You're way more prone to injury in the cold as well. Exactly. Yeah. So so maybe do the yoga session instead of the hardcore CrossFit session or something like that. It's like I'll go for the sauna instead of like you know the, the full on session. So um, it's don't be afraid to do lighter exercise rather than like skip it altogether as well. Like, let's say you've gone out drinking the night before work thing, and normally you would do it at lunchtime, but you don't feel like it. Just go and have a sauna just so you keep that habit going. And also so you don't throw the baby out of the bath for for Christmas. Uh, Number seven, I've said stick to one drink. Um, I realized that, you know, I said I I get hung over quite a lot, which is why I don't end up drinking. But a lot of it comes from that mixing of the drinks. When I stick to one drink, uh, especially if there's one drink that I know, like a vodka and soda or something, then I don't usually have a problem. But just sticking to one drink because it's the mixing, obviously, that that creates the problem. One that you said already, number eight on my list, is plan ahead. Um, so I said don't leave it all to chance. So, for example, let's say you're going out for your Christmas meal straight after work. You know that probably you're going to have a few drinks and then there's going to be that rubbish finger food that, that gets given out and all this yeah. other so if you know that's going to happen, right, can you make a sandwich or something at home that you can have at four or five o'clock in the microwave at work um, before you go out? Uh, or if you know that you're going to feel hungover the next day, 
uh, this is something I, I we've talked about before, I think, is that have the ingredients for that fry up at home so that you don't have to go out to have that fry up. So if you if you know things are happening... Impulse do... buying when you're hungover is a horrendous thing, right? You're going to come back yeah. with Pringles and Monster Munch and all kinds yeah. of stuff. So if don't... you plan ahead and you say, okay, I am going to want crisps, so maybe I have those crisps ready, but I'm having the ready salted ones which aren't full of dextrose and other chemicals, then, you know, do that. Um, Interesting bit of story here from a few years ago. So we ran a, obviously, Christmas party. Well, I took the whole team into London. We went to a Michelin-star restaurant. Like, it was a really expensive top meal. So we might have gone to Petrus or something. Some proper up market. Small, smaller firm then. It was about nine, nine of us maybe in, in the company. And, um, you know, it was, an, it was a very, very expensive bill at the end. But, you know, you're cheating your staff. But it's all about the planning bit. So we we obviously yeah, we ate too early. And uh the following day or day after, there was a, a expense came in with my um my business partner was like, Neil, what's what's this bill that we we took the guys out and spent X amount of thousands and it wasn't it was a it wasn't the thousands for the bill. And yet three hours later, there's a 200 pound bill in McDonald's and you've ordered like 300 chicken McNuggets. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I think what happens there is you've had a really nice meal, we've gone out. We've had loads more alcohol, and everyone's just got the munchies yeah. in the way home, despite yeah. how much we've gorged on. So as I says, uh, it can save you some money and some, uh, yeah, better decisions uh, if you plan ahead. It, it is hard. It is hard because that, that I've been in that case many situations, and like you say, you're not hungry, but then something that that gets triggered in Triggers. the alcohol, and and how you manage that, like, and there might be a simple case of actually it's probably better off jumping in a cab and going straight home rather than getting the tube because if you it get definitely tube, is yeah you're gonna yeah. Get, go find a cab that doesn't allow you to take a kebab in with you exactly yeah <laughs> um the last couple i think it, it which which goes on to what you talk about is eat well when in control so you know for example you, you're gonna go out and have that mcdonald's after your michelin star thing but for your breakfast and for your lunch where you've got that control Eat, eat more healthily than you would normally, right? Have that extra portion of vegetables, have that whatever it might be, because you know that it's going to be worse later. And then the last one, which is what we've been talking about the whole time of this call, is manage the stress levels, right? And really important. And that might be as simple as like, you know, finding time to meditate, go for the walk in the in the, in the snow, whatever it might be, because it is super stressful time. Thank so. I think it's important to add a couple of points if it's okay. I think one is well to sum all of that up. There's a as a something we talked about before when we talk about goal setting in a commercial context or a fitness context, which is vision drives decision, right? So the idea being if we want to finish Christmas and being the best version of ourselves and being fully recovered, then we, as you said, all the things you've just highlighted there, bring that into your awareness and it'll change the way you, the decisions that you make, providing the vision you have in the new year is being this refreshed. You right. I think that's really, really important. But you mentioned mental health there, and I think um, something is worth adding on. Two things I wanted to mention. One is really important we're aware of our own mental health because it is a stressful period where there's a pressure on us that we must all be jolly because it's Christmas and it's festive, and therefore people feel like, well, why on earth aren't you? It's Christmas. You must be happy all the time. You must be happy. It's Christmas. You must be. And there's a pressure there where if you don't feel that way, actually, that's adding to the mountain. It's it, it's difficult. But I think in addition to that whilst we need to be aware of our own mental health, it's also a really good time to be aware of other people's and just not always assuming that everyone is feeling like it's the best period of time of the year. We don't know what people are going through. And I think Christmas isn't, as you said at the start of this, it's not about the gifts. It's about family. It's about friends. It's about looking out for each other. It's about checking in on the people that you care about and having an opportunity just to say, Hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? Because mm. a big, the best gift you can give, I think if you are in that moment of struggle is to have someone just check in on you. It's way better than getting a book you don't want or, or a, a plant you don't want. Like that, anyone can buy something, but to actually put yourself your head above the parapet and say, look, mate, I'm just checking you okay. Like, how are things? And is there anything I can do? And how do you feel? And, you know, that can that can be the, the difference for a lot of people in, in what it makes, yeah. it makes or breaks their festive period. And I want to bring it back. Something I've mentioned before, and it's my favourite, so I know you've heard it, and I say this all the time because I, whoever came up with it is a genius, but I, I love it, um, which is the, the Chinese proverb, which says, you know, if you want to be happy for an hour's sleep, if you want to be happy for a day, you fish. If you want to be happy for a year, inherit a million. If you want to be happy for a lifetime, give to others. And that's what Christmas is about. It's not about the gifting. Mm. It's about the giving of time, the giving of empathy, the giving of compassion, 
Um, there are people way less fortunate than ourselves who need support, raising our, our own awareness of ourselves and how we're feeling in this moment, but also raising the awareness of how other people may be feeling. Um, and I know when you, for example, um, Harry, at times when we're not always feeling 100%, you know, if I gave you the option of a plant you don't want or, or you know, I'm around you and said, look, well, let's just spend 10 minutes talking about how we can help help see through the mud that you're struggling with or how you're feeling. I mean, they're, they're, they're worlds apart. And I think yeah. it's a really important thing that often gets overlooked in all of the wrapping paper and the hyperbole and the, the forced celebration sometimes. Um, you want it to be jolly for the right reasons. And I think um, sometimes we can lose sight of that. Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, talking about giving, um, it reminds me of something I've been involved in for about 12, 13 years. And it it all started, my whole journey, as you know, started around that 2010 period. So after we did our cycle trip, I went on my first, um, what's called Basket Brigade. I don't know if you're familiar with this or not. You might be if you've heard. Sounds amazing. But Basket Brigade, so you know what it is. So it started about 30 odd years ago, Tony Robbins as you know, the motivational guru from the States. I think they were super poor. And then one one year, some random guy came and knocked on the door and offered them a basket of food at Thanksgiving. And his dad was too proud or his stepdad was too proud to take it. But Tony Robbins said, right, when I'm on my feet and I'm old enough and I can afford, I'm going to give a gift to someone. So one year he was 17 or 18 and he did two baskets. The next year he did like four or so on. Anyway, fast forward now, it happens every Thanksgiving in the States, but at Christmas we do it on the 23rd of December. And so I was part of this group called the Yes Group, which operates generally internationally, but also mostly around the UK. And so on the 23rd of December, the biggest one is the London Basket Brigade. And we often deliver to about 2,000 families. So imagine what happens is we we get a school, uh, a hall in a school on the 23rd of December. And over the year, we've been fundraising and we buy all the ingredients needed for Christmas dinner because there's a lot of people like less fortunate who, who can't afford it. So it, I don't think it's a turkey. I think it's usually a, either a chicken or a vegan thing. And then it's got the gravy. It's got the potatoes. It's got yeah. the caps. It's even got the baking tray, right? Everything you need. And we get a list of names from various um, housing associations, charities, and so on. And so the first half of the day on the 23rd of December, we normally arrive at, say, 6 a.m. if you're one of the early ones. And, you know, the deliveries come around 6.30 and you form this human chain and you get all the deliveries off. Then it's a whole logistic thing going on. So you have all the different tables. And this is great for kids, by the way. There used to be one in Bristol, not that far from you, but I think the London one is the only one now. And they play Christmas music, they have an MC, and you have all these tables, and you, you there's a whole system of how to put the baskets together. And you spend all morning doing that. And then around two o'clock, you get addresses uh from various um for various postcodes around London. And you know, if you haven't got a car, like the first year I went, I went on my bike. So I ended up going in a car, which ended up being a van that put my bike in and we did 11 baskets and we spent wow. all day driving around London and, and you knock on the door and you often don't get the person. But if you do, you don't say who it's from or anything like that. You just say you're just the messenger and the face like that lights up when some of the kids open the doors or the parents open the doors and the kids see what's going on. It is crazy. And so I've been doing that pretty much every year. There's a couple of years I've had to miss, and this year I might end up having to miss it as well. But I do encourage people to look up Basket Brigade or basketbrigade.org. I think it's now... Maybe we can put a link in the show notes. That'll be quite nice. Yeah, because they're always needing funding and they always need people, especially if you're in London, in or around London. It's going to be in North London near Wood Green, a school in Wood Green. I think it's Woodside School, but you have to register because it's so popular these days um you have to register because and it's a massive logistic thing but it's good we've recorded this early this time hopefully we can get people out there yeah if you want to feel good and it is about giving to other people um you know some years i've done it and i've managed to do all the deliveries in the space of about an hour because i I knew exactly where the postcodes were but other times i was there till 10 o'clock at night 11 o'clock at night but mostly you're done by about four five six in the evening depending on the traffic it's amazing Nice. It's what started me on this whole journey, to be honest, because I before I joined the Yes Group, I went to my first ever basket brigade, and then I joined the Yes Group, then I got into personal development, and then I got into all these other things. So it actually is part of the reason I'm here. 
Well, I was um, I was just Googling to try to find the name of it because it was a brilliant YouTube video. You may have seen it. Have you seen the movie? And I've got to highlight it. I'll put this in the show notes for people that are interested because it's a fantastic story that links, not about Christmas, but it links to what we're talking about. Uh, it's called Abundance. Have you seen that? Uh, rings a bell. So it's all about, it's, it's, it's only about half an hour long, but it's about all the students during the pandemic who managed to basically food banks in America, they managed to find all the food that was being wasted and get it logistically is an amazing story because how they managed to get logistics sorted out is, is a is a phenomenon in itself. But um, yeah, it's, it's just an incredible story about how they managed to recycle to a certain degree all the food that was going to be unused due to the pandemic and logistics and other issues. And they managed to get it to the people that needed it. And they fed millions and millions and millions of people. Um, I'll put it in the in the chat so you've got it here. But definitely, if, if you've got 28 minutes to spare and you want to see what, what a little bit of good can do if you're giving to others, a little bit mm. of, um, as you say, co- collaborative spirit and energy, it's a, it's a really, really wonderful story that is educational as well about how the food bank system works in the US. But um, yeah, it was quite inspiring. I haven't seen it. And again, yeah, it's all about I think that's good. Going, you know what? You know, all this is being wasted and we can help people here we can do something yeah i mean that's the th- main thing right like the main thing is keep the main thing the main thing right and what is the main thing it is about a period of giving so it's not just giving to other people give to yourself give yourself a break give yourself yeah. time to not not be so stressed with the shopping and the presents and the decorations and and all of that and and you know your main thing is your health and your mental health your physical health um, showing people around you that you love them and caring for them. And so what if the present comes late or it's not quite the thing that they wanted or, right? It's about giving. And I think this is why I like things like what you were talking about now and basketball brigade and all of that are important because they show what it's all about, right? And if you want to get out of your own problems, the best way to do that is to help other people with theirs. I think. And um, yeah. so that, that might be something I think people can take away and, th- and think about. And I've, I've just got the link, so I'll check that out. Yeah, it's really, it's really, really good. I'll, I'll, I'll share it in the show notes as well. Um, and it's, uh, oh yeah, I think, look, it's, it's, it's a wonderful time. It's a stressful time. Um, there's uh, the story, do you know the story of the fox and the turtle? It's quite interesting. You like my parables. It's, I don't know if yeah. it's a parable or not, but it's quite an interesting story. I think, you know, there's a lot about the fox and the hedgehog, which is for a different day. There's a fox and the hedgehog. So one day a fox is, walking in the forest and they spot a turtle and they thought, oh, I'm going to have a great dinner tonight. And the turtle thought to himself, I'm scared. Oh, should I run? Oh, I'm too slow to outrun the fox. So of course, the turtle just goes inside its shell. The fox paces around the turtle all day, but eventually gets really, really tired of waiting and leaves. And I, re- I highlight that because I think, well, my understanding of the story, it might be different to yours, but the way I read it is look, like the fox is whatever's plaguing you. So the negativity, the people, the stress, the worry of what's coming up, depression, sadness, the, just the overwhelm of everything that's coming on. We can't always outrun it. And if we do try and outrun, it's going to catch up to us. So sometimes it's better to be like the turtle. Like don't fight it all. Surrender to some of it because we're going to be with those people. Do it with awareness. Delete the things we don't need to do. Observe the reality we're having. Have show a little bit more patience and maybe kindness. And I think just find a safe space of calm. Like it, it goes so quickly, and we always think we've put all that effort in, and it's gone in a day. It's like Christmas is done. It's over. If you find a place of calm and, and enjoy yourself in, in a, with a I don't know, a state of mind that involves patience. I think we can change our relationship with Christmas. I think you can change it even with the person you don't get on with. If you become, if you change the mindset that you're going into that social process with, and I'm sure there are other meanings you could take from that story for sure. Well, I mean, that story but is really I think you can use it in that context. Look, that story reminds me of, I, have I ever told you, this isn't, this is a true story about, so you said, uh, was it the, the fox and the turtle? Uh, this is, this one is about the lion and, and, and Harry. Uh, have I told you? Lion that? and Harry. Okay, yeah. go on. So, so that, that story just reminded me of this situation. So actually I was in um, Tanzania on safari with Joe, you know, Joe Hine. Yeah. That we, that we uh, so we were there back in 2006 and we were camping our safari and the guy had told us before we went to bed do not if you get up in the middle do not get up in the middle of the night and go and to the toilet block because lions come over to the toilet block because that's where the waters are and, and stuff like that in the middle of the night i always need a pee and so i wake up and i'm like i'm not going to go over to that toilet block because i was told not to go over there but i'm busting for the loo and joey's right there 
and I don't have a uh, like a bottle with me or anything like that. So I decide I'll unzip the tent, I step out two or three feet, and I'll go for the toilet there. I'm in the middle of peeing, and then I turn to my marking right. Marking your territory, Harry. Yeah. Marking your territory. And then I turn to my right, and I see this lion's eyes just piercing at me in the distance. And I'm in the middle of going, so I can't really stop mid-flow because it's Give just it work. Like- yeah, so I had, to, I had to just keep going. And then I go into my shell, which is the turtle shell, the tent. And then for the next 45 minutes, all I hear is the, the lion pacing Probably. around my tent. And I'm lying there going, and I'm literally going into my sleeping bag shell, thinking, do I wake up Joe? Because then it's just two of us stressing out. And I can feel my stress happening and, and the pheromones. But in the end, like the fox in your parable, it kind of couldn't figure out yeah. how to you know how to do things and it just walked off anyway and actually you know i was too exhausted to uh, to stay up much longer and I, I i got tired but that story just reminded me of that and i was thinking I well, it, it's a good that. example if you've got out the tent all the stresses come are you faced with all your stresses right go into yeah. the shell find a place of calm yeah breathe and, and i'm sure there's lots of things and the stress went into. away the stress went away on its own yeah. i didn't i didn't have to do anything I didn't have to I'm do sure it. you some breathing, some of your breathing techniques would have come into play as well. I, I wouldn't have had them back then. And this was okay. 2006. No, so I didn't. I wouldn't It'd be have a had bit them. more zen now, even with a lion outside. Well, I don't know. If well, I would. <laughs> I'm know not sure I would. I I a friend of mine. I, I don't know if this is not a friend of mine <laughs> I work with. Um, similar story. We're going off piece now, but I think it's relevant. Uh, he went on a walking safari, and um, hopefully I'm retelling this correctly. He went on a walking safari with two guy, two. Um, Guys had their guns, you know, the guys protect them. They're doing this walking safari. And a hippo, which apparently one of the most dangerous animals in the safari. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So a hippo sees them, or they, they startle this hippo, and the hippo charges them. Now, you're feeling quite calm when you've got two guys with guns. It's all right. No, they must have seen this before. And he said, I only realized there was a panic when both the guards literally dropped their guns and legged it <laughs> or just ran away. But like they didn't use them. And it was just left us all scrambling, going, if they're running, you just got to run. Like it just took all of that sense of calm. The idea of having any, any kind of protectors around you was instantly dissolved when they started legging it. And it was like, okay, as long as I can run fast, faster than the slowest person, I'm going to get away. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. The guns were just for show, I guess. The, the guns for them, they're just for show to make the tour. Just for show to give the, the people they were tour, taking on yeah. tour a little bit more reassurance. But in reality, yeah, yeah. it wasn't used. It's amazing how we can use objects like that to give us a sense of calm when actually yeah. it's... Uh, yeah. Anyway, they all survived the story, but um, he told me that. Uh, yeah. yeah. But um, there we go. So I guess, yeah, we should probably wrap it up. But I guess the, the thing for people then is, you know, I guess look at the big picture uh, when it comes to all of this, right? I, I That's what I would say. With everything, look at the big picture. And also one of my big stress management tactics is this too shall pass. So if you are getting stressed about... Yeah, the shopping and the, and the presence and, and and what's going on is no, it's, it, it doesn't last forever. And so will, will you really even think about it too much in six months' time? Probably not. So don't get too stressed about it now. Um, and also look after yourself because, uh, and this would be the thing I'm, I think of mostly, is there are lots of parties, there's lots of stress, there's lots of late nights. So do what you can when you can to make yourself strong and, and, and get faster control what you can cope that you can't and concentrate on what's important yeah. i'm going to take the other angle on this because i'm a super excited christmas bunny and i'm going to say look go with all great energy yeah. embrace it be sociable drink if you want to eat if you want to but it's an opportunity to prioritize what's important it's an important it's an opportunity to delete what isn't it's an opportunity to show caring and love for those that, that may need it at this time. Give, be merry, have a wonderful holiday. Hopefully we'll have another p- podcast for them. But, you know, th- let's not forget what it's all about, which is about mm. giving to others, not in the gifting sense, but in the sense of energy and compassion and empathy and love. And, and your focus, things. right? Have, have a yeah. decent conversation, put your phone away and actually give someone 10 minutes of your time uninterrupted without your phone anywhere near Concentrate on what's important. So actually, I, I will, I'll finish with this, actually, because uh, this is something that comes from um, an intimate moment uh, for me when I had a coaching moment with someone um, and they were coaching me at the, at the time. And they said, Nick, what, where's your happy place? And it's a visualization exercise. I've done all clients I've worked with as well uh, to reciprocate. But um, I didn't know where it was until they asked me the question. And the question I gave, and it all makes sense with what you've just said in the moment, 
the answer I gave was Christmas Day. And Christmas Day was really important for me because in the moment that we went into the conversation, it was like, you know what? I can visualize it really clearly. I've got my family around me. I've got my kids. I've got my usually my parents, all the people I love the most in the world, my wife. We're all excited. We're, we're drinking together, eating together. We're sharing family stories. There's lots of laughter, lots of games. All the things that are important to me, usually we've got the nice lights and, and decorations and just Christmas spirit, I guess. It's a really, really lovely time. But what I identified in the coaching exercise was the reason it really meant something to me is it's the only day of the world in, 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 the, in the calendar year for me where no, no one from my commercial life, my work life needs me. I don't need my phone. Mm-hmm. There's no football being played. There's no work taking place, not in what I do anyway. And actually, therefore, I don't need my phone for anything. There's no one that needs to contact me that isn't in the room with me at all. So I don't need to respond to anyone. The Christmas messages I can respond to the following day. But there's no one that needs me more than the people in this space. So it's the only day of the year I feel like I can be 100% present. I don't need to be distracted. There's no excuse to be distracted by anything. And it was only when I realized, because you mentioned the mobile phone thing a moment ago, Mm. when I was going through this coaching exercise, it was a visualization exercise. It lasted the best part of an hour. So I'm obviously condensing it, but there was a bit of an insight moment and awareness moment when, you know what? I love it because I'm not distracted by those things. Mm-hmm. That is um, and I, I now for me, it's an absolute no go zone. I won't have anyone near me because it's the bit that makes it different. And I, I, you know, there's a temptation to use it for photos and videos and whatever, but you want to be present for the people mm. that are there and safe in the knowledge that anything work related can absolutely wait on Christmas day to the following day or beyond hundred percent. And anyone else that needs to contact me that isn't in that room can absolutely wait 24 hours for me to come back. And, um, for me, when I realized that mate, it was, yeah, it was, it was massive. I was like, Whoa, that's, that's the best day for me. Yeah. That is really interesting. I think, um, I would encourage people where possible to have more Christmas days during the year then in that regard. Well, 100%. I mean, there's some learnings in there for sure, right? There's a hundred, because it tells me as well what's important of the things I'm doing. Well, once about. a month, have a Christmas day like that. That's know? for another show, but you're absolutely right. And that's that's some of the learnings I need to take away from it, you know, because yeah. things that make me happy are not are not found in, in my handset, in my yeah, pocket. Exactly. Mm. All so, right. I'll, Dad, actually, you mentioned the mobile phone at the end because it reminded me of that. I've not shared that before, not even with my wife. So maybe she'll listen to it here. Yeah, but, that, um, that's a really nice uh, realization, I think. Um, yeah. Really good. Well, listen, we've rabbited on for I don't know how long. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. over an hour, I think. So, um, is it? Well, there we go. Well, give the listeners a break. Uh, hopefully, there's some few things for them to take away. And hopefully, mate, we'll get another show in before Christmas anyway. So, um, yeah. But, have a good couple of weeks. I hope the move goes well at the Brighton stuff as this works out. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here for a few more days and I'm back in London for a couple of weeks and then I'll be back just before Christmas, I imagine. So, well, next uh, time I see you, mate, it'll be after our Christmas party. So I'll let you know how they all go. All right, cool. <laughs> all right. I'm in London week, from the week commencing 11th of December, mate. So maybe we can uh, we can hook up. Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, let's do it. All right, mate. Take care of yourself. Good to see you. All the best. All right. Take care, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Mindful Past podcast with Nick Day and Harry Kalimnios. We hope you found our discussion insightful and gained valuable takeaways to support you on your journey. Please, please, please do leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform and share an episode that's resonated with you with a friend or a family member who you think may also find it valuable. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to ensure you never miss a future episode. In the meantime, we'll continue exploring Mindful Path topics to provide you with more insights and ideas to support your personal growth. For now, thank you for your support and we look forward to bringing you the next episode of the Mindful Path podcast real soon.